Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Last week, I talked about provision. I talked about God's provision. And uh, I think that was a really important message uh, that the body needs to hear and if you missed the message from last week, I encourage you to go back and, and podcast that or watch, watch the message. Or if, uh, if, if you watch the message, you may want to even go back and watch it again. Last week, just as a recap, I talked about tithing. Tithing is where we return the first 10% of our increase to the Lord. And God has made it so easy for us to do that. If you get $1,000, 100 of that belongs to Him. If you get $50, 5 of that belongs to Him. And I think that's a principle that the body of Christ really needs to implement because uh, He says in Malachi, when we do this, He promises to supernaturally bless our 90%. So we talked about tithing, returning the first 10% of our increase back, that belongs belongs to him back to him we also talked about first fruits returning the first 10 percent back to him because it, it's honoring to God and it, it takes faith to give him first to return to him first as opposed to waiting and giving him the leftovers and then we also talked a little bit about honoring God the first day of the week. That's why one of the reasons we come to church on Sunday morning is to honor Him with the first day of the week, the first part of the week by coming to church. And let me say this too, if you're watching online, uh, we're glad to have you watching online, but we would rather you be here. Um, if you're watching online for medical reasons or something like that for safety, then that's understandable. But if you're just watching online because you want to watch in your pajamas, you, you can probably do better than that. There's, there's a dynamic that happens when we come together as the body of Christ. And, and so I think it's important that we come together and fellowship together. Uh, we discuss tithing as an, as an act of obedience to the Lord and also a heart issue. You know, when many times when people talk about tithing, they think it's all about money. But it's really a lot less about money and it's more about a heart issue. And so we, looked, we also looked at the importance of stewardship, of stewarding well what the Lord is giving us. And so if we steward well what He gives us, then He's probably going to uh, give us more. And that's not always just talking about money. That's just the, the, the blessings of God. And so we talked about all those things. But I wanted to sort of continue this pro, uh, God's Provision Part 2 this morning and talk about our giving as a matter of the heart. It really is a, a matter of our heart. How aligned is our heart with the Lord's heart? How aligned is our heart with God's purpose and plan for us and what He's called us to do? Does our, does our giving honor the Lord? Are we honoring Him with our, our giving of our time, our talents, and our treasures? Are we investing in things that have eternal value? Are we pouring into our children and grandchildren? Are we uh, exampling to others in our community and around us about this relationship that they can have with Christ? My first point this morning is let's give according to the Lord's heart. And um, I want to read Matthew 6, 19-21. We talked a little bit about the last scripture last week. But uh, 
He writes, don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. A difference, there's a difference of what we have and what we can store on earth as opposed to heaven. So he's talking about physical things. We know that we're not going to be able to take our car or things like that to heaven, right? So he's not talking about material things that we can take to heaven. Because what, what can we take to heaven? Nothing. There's not anything that we can, can take to heaven with this. And I just wondered, are we going to have clothes in heaven? <laughs> robes or something I mean I I guess we'll figure that out Uh, but uh, however people are God's greatest treasure and if there's anything that we can take to heaven it's through our influence of of helping other people to come into this relationship and go to heaven and so that would be the only thing that I can think of that we can take to heaven Uh, Matthew 6 21 says whatever wherever your treasure is there the desires of your heart will also be so, wherever our treasure is, is in, indicative of where our hearts, our hearts are. So, where is our treasure? What, what are we giving? What, what are we doing? Our focus should be on Jesus and our relationship with Him. And In fact, let's recite our mission statement here. You know it. It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. That is the target for what God has called us to do. I think that's really the target for what God has called the church to do, the body of Christ. What He's called people to do is to be in relationship with Him, to come into this personal, intimate relationship with Him. And I was thinking about this. And I, I was just kind of asking myself some questions here. And, and, and I was asking myself if there's anything that we do as a church, Life Fellowship does, that does not demonstrate the intent of helping people come into a personal relationship with Christ. Or, for those of us that have a relationship with Christ, is there anything that we're doing or not doing that would intentionally hinder or are not drive us all to a deeper, more intimate relationship with Christ. Because that's our mission, to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. So are we meeting the target? Are we accomplishing the goal as a church and individually that God has called us to? And I have to tell you, I was unable to think of anything. I was unable to think of one thing. And I even asked Pastor Christine, I said, is there anything that you can think of that we're, we're not doing or uh, that, would, or that would hinder people from coming to this personal, intimate relationship with Christ or helping them to develop in their relationship with Christ? And she couldn't think of anything either. And I even thought about things like when, when we had our other building, um, you know, just taking care of the flower bed. Somebody may say, well, you know, you're, you're doing this stuff in the flower bed and that doesn't draw people to Christ. Or you're cleaning the facility. How does that draw people to Christ? Well, it draws people to Christ because it's a first impression. If, if somebody's visiting and they come and they see a dead roach on the floor, are they going to say, well, is, you know, I'm, is it okay for my child to be back there in children's ministry? Is it clean? Are they chewing on a roach? <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and then, you know, it, they, they pull onto the campus and, and they see that it's clean, it's well-maintained. When we've gone to churches, and, and if we were looking for a church, 
I would know probably within 10 or 15 seconds. Just because you just kind of have that feeling. You're like, well, uh, what is this like? How are people responding? Are they engaging? Are they friendly? Or, or, or what's going on here? And, and uh, I want to thank Dan and Cydia. They've done a great job in preparing this facility for us. They had a, a wedding last night. I think they worked until 1 o'clock this morning so we could meet here. But the, those are the kinds of things that are important that we think they don't have an impact on people's relationship with the Lord, but it may have an uh, indirect impact on them being able to sit and receive that they're not worried about something else or, or thinking about something else. Why was there a cigarette butt right on the sidewalk when I walked up? Those kinds of things. And so everything that we do is to try to present and have an environment where people can come into this personal relationship with Him if they don't have one and then where they can continue to grow in their relationship with him and so we're we're doing some things we have life groups now and we have uh, several life groups and we'll be relaunching another semester or trimester here in a few few weeks and and so all of these things are so that we can come into this personal intimate relationship with Christ but also so that how we can be trained and equipped I know that many of you most of you here tithe that you you return the 10% that belongs to the Lord. But are we teaching others? Are we training and equipping others? Because there are people probably in our lives that don't know this principle and truth and concept, and they're missing out on the full blessings of God because it's not about money. It's about our heart. It's about obedience to Him. So let's go to Ephesians 2, chapter, eight, uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. And I, again, I know these are familiar passages of Scripture, but I'm, I'm talking today about the provision of God in our lives. God saved you by His grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. And I know we've talked about this scripture probably a hundred times, but I think it's a good reminder that we understand that we are God's masterpiece. And when we understand that, we begin to live a little bit differently, maybe a lot differently. Because we understand that, that God really loves us. That we are of great value. And also it, it, it helps us in our response to other people. When we realize that, hey, wait a minute. They're God's masterpiece too. God loves them. God has a purpose and plan for their life. And, and we, we can walk in the fullness and the confidence, not arrogance, but confidence in knowing that we are His masterpiece. And there are people that go through life struggling because their dad never told them, I love you. Or they never felt like they were really loved. And we don't have to live like that because we know our Heavenly Father loves us. We may not have had a good earthly example, but that's not reflective of God's heart and His love for us. We are His masterpiece of everything He created. And he goes on to write, Paul goes on to write in Ephesians 2.10, He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. So we not just only... Uh, survive life but we thrive in life and that we understand that God has a purpose and plan for us to do good things that he planned for us and and so as we come into this deeper more intimate relationship with him we have a, a clear understanding of his direction and what he wants us to do and how he wants us to do that because he can give us 
insight on what he wants us to do, but we need his help. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us on how we accomplish those things. So my first point is let's give according to the Lord's heart. My second point is let's focus on the Lord's plan, both for our life individually and as a church family. God's heart is for people. And, and the Lord desires that we fulfill all the good things He planned for us. And He also gives us opportunity that we can encourage and train and equip other people so they can fulfill the mission and the vision that God has for their life as well. Because you, you may know people that are struggling in their marriage, struggling in their families. And, and the Lord may be wanting to use us to help them the good things for our life here and now are, are also uh, a, an investment for the future because we, we think about our life here and now, and that's important that we're developing and, and maintaining and modeling this intimate relationship with the Lord. But also, uh, what about the future? What are we investing in for the future? Are we being a godly catalyst to the Lord who works through our lives to transform, transform not only our lives, but the lives of others. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Well, wait a minute. How can we, how can we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen? We can't see them. <laughs> how are we going to see something we can't see? He's talking about spiritual things. He's talking about what's going to happen in the future because we live in a spiritual world. We're, we're physical beings in a spiritual world. And he says, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. We intentionally use the resources and provision the Lord gives us to make a godly impact in the communities, and in the world around us. So we have a tremendous opportunity right now to continue to impact the world around us as we grow. And when we look at our purchases, we look at our spending and, and the excellent stewardship here at Life Fellowship and the responsibility in handling His money and resources, we know that He is using our time, our talents, and our treasure to impact the world around us. It not only impacts us, but it impacts the world around us. So let's give according to the Lord's heart. What's His heart? That we would give, that we would give of our time, our talents, and our treasure. To see Him be able to take that, those gifts, and touch the world around us. Let's focus on the Lord's plan, both for us individually and as a church family. My third point this morning is bringing the good news of Jesus to the Jews blesses the heart of God. In return, He blesses us. And this is actually where I thought I was going to start last week. If you remember, I talked about I was having a conversation with the Lord, and I didn't like the direction that the sermon was going. <laughs> and he, he told me, well, are you, are you making these decisions, or are you going to do what I ask you to do? And so we, we've gotten to the place where I kind of wanted to start last week. Let's look at Genesis 12. Verses 1 through 3, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land I will show you. And we know that uh, Abraham was counted as righteous because of his faith. He had faith. 
And I remember having a conversation with a, a gentleman in Corpus Christi one time before we moved here. And he said, well, would you have to get a job transfer to, to move to Houston? Uh, you know, would you follow the Lord if, if you knew that he was leading you to Houston? I said, well, I don't know, but this is a clear sign. I've read about it, and this is a clear sign. So whenever we follow the Lord, he can orchestrate things in our lives to get us where we, where we need to be. But it's going to take some level of faith. But I think God is wanting our faith to grow. And, and so we need to continue to trust Him. Really, this relationship is about trusting Him. And as we begin to trust Him in this, then we begin to trust Him a little more, a little more. And so faith is like a muscle that grows over time as we develop and maintain this relationship. And we walk in faith. We say, oh God, I, I don't know, man. This is a big step of faith. And we step out and we see Him provide. We see the hand of God in our lives where it may be scary, but we know that He's taking care of all those things. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. The writer of Hebrews 11.1 1 says. So faith, it doesn't take faith to, to step into something that we can see. It takes faith to go in the unknown. And so Abram uh, went to this country. He, he said, uh, go to the land I will show you. Uh, verse 2 continues, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you because through the lineage of Abraham came Jesus. And so God created a nation from Abraham. He said, I want you to go and I'm going, to, I'm going to make a nation out of you. But it required him to begin to obey and trust the Lord and go to this land that he didn't know where he was going, going to this land that God would show him. But he needed to obey and follow the Lord. He was required to leave his home, his family, his friends, not knowing where the Lord was leading him. This took a lot of faith. The nation of Israel has always been God's people, even when they turned away from him. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Paul's writing to the church in Rome in, in Romans 1.16. He says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Paul's saying, I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. And clearly Paul was faithful. He was committed. He was driven. He was ambitious in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. He was instrumental in writing, you know, like two-thirds of the New Testament. So he says, I'm not ashamed. Even though many times when he was writing these letters, he was in chains. He was in prison. And he goes on to write, it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. Because Paul realized that these people are God's masterpiece. These people are, are people that, that God wanted to have a relationship with. He was not ashamed of the gospel. As he would go out and live it. And he would share with these people, even though he was in prison many times, in chains, he was still writing letters that are impacting us 2,000 years later. What is the power of God at work? It's the good news of Christ. Of people getting saved. 
and coming into this relationship with Him. That's His desire. Romans 1.16 continues, It is the power of God at work saving under everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Because God wants, wanted the Jews to come into this relationship with Him. He, he desired that everyone be saved, but He created a nation of people through the lineage of Abraham. And, and so God has always had a special place in His heart for the Jews. The Lord desires that everyone be saved, though. And we know that we are grafted in because of Jesus. When we receive Him, we are part of that family now. Life Fellowship, uh, you know, I, I was, let me say it this way. We have, we have supported the work of the ministry in Israel almost since the beginning of this church began. And uh, for many years, we've been sending $1,000 every month to the work of the ministry. To, uh, we've, I think, supported three different ministries. But the intent is that they go and they preach the gospel to the Jews. And so, um, just doing a rough calculation, this church has probably given close to $150,000 in bringing the good news of Jesus to the nation of Israel. So thank you for your faithful giving in that. Every month, the, the first check that Pastor Christine writes from the church is to this organization that brings the gospel to the Jews. And I was talking with a gentleman uh, that is involved in this ministry, and, and he was telling me there are about 8 million Jews and Muslims living in Israel. And there are about 50,000 Christians. So that's about one half of 1%. So there's a tremendous opportunity there for us to continue to invest in the ministries that are going on there to see Jewish people come to the Lord. And not only Jewish people, but Arabs and and people of the Muslim faith that are coming into this personal relationship with Christ because of people like us that are supporting the work there. He said that there are uh, over 200 Christian congregations in Israel. And uh, worldwide, he said there are about 16 million Jews. 850,000 to a million of those are Christian. So now is the, the opportunity to reach them. And, and in a couple of months, we have, we're going to have the leaders from, uh, that do the work of the ministry that we support uh, that do this work in Israel, they will be here to give us an update on the ministries in Israel. So I'm really looking forward to that and them sharing because they're, they're there. They have their boots on the ground. They're immersed in that culture and that environment. And they're going to be able to give us an update on how our giving is having an impact in this nation that God loves. And uh, in addition to that, Life Fellowship is, is sending about $80 a month supporting two kids, two children in, uh, through Compassion International where uh, children don't have food, they don't have schooling and clothes and stuff like that. And so we're doing that. And uh, in the, the two times that we've traveled to India and even in between, we've given uh, several thousand dollars to help people in India as well. Um, there, uh, Pastor Mohan has a training center in India where they're training and equipping pastors and leaders to preach the gospel. 
and uh, go throughout all of India bringing the gospel of, of Jesus to the people there. And so we've sent thousands of dollars to them as well. The point is we are giving. We're not only impacting this, this community here, but we're impacting people all over the world because of your faithfulness, because of the provision that God is giving to us, and then He's allowing us to provide support to others outside of the Kima League City, Seabrook area. And, uh, and we're a generous family. I'll tell you, when we've had guest speakers come, we've blessed them. We've blessed them in a manner that would be a, a church, you know, 50 times larger than us would probably give. But that's because we have and understand the heart of giving and, and, and honoring people that come, people that travel. Uh, we've given thousands of dollars to our missionaries that, that go to Africa. And, and they have, a, man, I tell you what, I wouldn't want to do what they're doing. They're putting their lives on the line. We're talking about many of these people are putting their lives on the line, putting their children's lives on the line to go and share the gospel. And so we're able to provide resources to help them and provide for them. And so you should feel good about your giving and the impact that we're making. Because we are making a difference, not only here, but, you know, uh, this, the Scripture we just read said that the things that we see will one day pass away, but the things that are eternal are the things that we can't see. And what we can't see is the impact that we're having by what we give and how we bless others because there are people being saved. And, and we may never know the impact that we have, are, and will make through uh, reaching out to people. So my first point is let's give according to the Lord's heart. Let's focus on the Lord's plan, both for our lives individually and as a church family. And uh, bringing the good news of Jesus to the Jews blesses the heart of God. In return, He blesses us. He blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. The Lord has abundantly blessed Life Fellowship Ministries International. And I believe one of the reasons is because we have honored Him with blessing the people that He loves to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And so we've been faithful in that. And it's because of your faithfulness that we're able to do what we're able to do. I, I had this point last week and I wanted to share it again. The Lord takes our money and uses it to save souls. God takes what we give and then as we give to these different ministries, as we provide uh, you know, resources for, for us here locally and as we reach out to others is one of the things that's happening in the life groups is we're growing we're getting we're building these relationships with one another but we're growing in our relationship with him and I believe the time for us to advance the kingdom of God more aggressively is now and I think that's why the Lord has given us this property that we can plant ourselves there and we can have a permanent location to continue to advance the kingdom of God. And so that will be an uh, you know, additional training center so we can meet throughout the week. We can meet there and, and uh, train and equip and reach out to the community around us. So we are investing in not only the Jewish nation, the Jews in Israel, but people all over the world and in our environment here. And uh, the Lord promises to abundantly provide for us when we return his portion back to him. And I want to thank you 
for your faithfulness in returning the tithes and offerings back to the Lord. Because we're investing in things that are eternal. One of the things I said at the beginning of this message, what are we investing in? Are we investing in things that are eternal or temporal? And giving of your offerings above and beyond your tithes is helping us to continue to do that. I know this has maybe been a little bit different message today, but I want us to be encouraged in what God is doing. That we have the privilege and opportunity to receive from Him and then invest in the things that He finds are important. And that's really primarily people. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with the Lord or maybe you did at one point in time and you've walked away. If that's you, would you slip up your hand here? Anybody this morning? Anybody here this morning? Maybe you're watching online and you say, that's me. Just say the simple prayer. If you mean it from your heart, that's what's important. Just say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life. I receive you today. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. And help me to walk in this freshness of life, this new start, this new beginning today. I receive you and I thank you for it. And I want to pray one more prayer for you that prayed that prayer. Lord, I pray that the power and the fire of your Holy Spirit would wash over them. That they would have a greater sensitivity to you, to your voice, speaking to them. That you would pour into their hearts. That you would help them to walk this thing out. That you would help them to understand that they are God's masterpiece, that you really love them and you really care about them. And that all that old stuff is gone, their sins are completely forgiven when they receive you, and they can be free of all the shackles and chains and weights on their shoulders. You came to set us free, Lord. And so, Father, I pray that they would have a greater revelation and understanding of your great love and what this relationship is all about. Healing them and and letting them find freedom in you. Not in religion, but through relationship. So, Father, we just pray this prayer with great expectation. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it!